0: Well, good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining us on our live stream. We are on the third Sunday of Easter, and we're so glad that you decided to worship with us this morning. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. So if you have your Bibles at home and you want to flip to them, or if you want to follow along on the screen at home, you can do that as well. So let's open up the Word of God together. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem, and do you not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels, who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but um, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into the Enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it. And began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they had found the eleven of those who were with them, assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen. He has appeared to Simon. And the two uh, the two told of what had happened on the way And how Jesus was recognized by them When he broke the bread May God add his blessing to the hearing and reading of his words this morning This morning we are proclaiming that Christ lives and reigns forever We are proclaiming the resurrection of Christ And we can celebrate and many of us are happy this morning In lieu of the res- in. in, in, in In sight of the resurrection Because we know still more of the story Which is to come You see we are reading the scripture this morning Knowing that the ascension is going to happen We can read this knowing that Pentecost is going to happen Pastor John mentioned Last week That after Jesus' death On the cross The next day the disciples were kind of just trying To figure things out They They were essentially left in limbo Well what do we do now? I mean, Jesus has died, and, you know, or I guess we just go back to being good Jews. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's the third day now. We suspected something was going to happen, and we're all just kind of, it's a big letdown, you know? I mean, if you were to witness something this horrific, and you had been with this person for three years of your life, and now it's the third day after his death, It would be almost like a a big letdown. But then just as all hope seemed to have been lost, just when they felt like things couldn't get any worse, just when they were having to go to plan C and D, something amazing happens. The miracle happens. Jesus reveals himself to Simon and a few others who were following him. He's alive! Can you believe it? It's a miracle. Can this be true? Look, sometimes I give up a little bit too easily in life when difficulties arise. You can ask my wife Sometimes I'll start a project at home Whether it's on the car Or something in the yard Or hanging up pictures or something And I'm just like Oh this is just too hard I give up Right Sometimes I just give up A little too easily in life Maybe spiritually As well as circumstantially You know Around Right So if, if that's you uh, And you can relate to that Hey about in the comments section Just say hey that's me I sometimes give up On life a little too easily at times Right But The fact The fact that the disciples And the women were not expecting A miracle Shows that you know They didn't think anything was going to happen as well Okay why would they They obviously have forgotten What Jesus had told them Previously They were in a grieving mode When you are grieving When you are sad When you are downcast Your head goes down And you kind of mope around And don't really, don't really look at the things around you, right? And we're, we get in this grieving mode, you know. And, and the the whole idea of the reality of the situation around us is clouded by our grief. When we're sad, it almost seems like everything around us is painted with a gray brush, right? Some of you at home right now are grieving. I know that I'm grieving with this whole. Physical distancing thing Like it's getting more and more frustrating Not to be able to go out and go shopping Or just at least go into different stores Or take my kids to a park For them to run around and play on the equipment And everything For me to go out and eat in a restaurant You know all those things I'm just like Ugh. You know The fact that we're having to do church Exclusively online And, and not have anybody here in the pews It's, it's, it's discouraging right it's, We're grieving that loss some of us are kind of acting like Eeyore, you know, and from Winnie the Pooh, we're just, oh, woe is me, you know, life is horrible. This is exactly how the disciples were feeling. When Jesus encounters him, they, they kind of miss it. But now they realize that Jesus has been raised from the dead somehow. Through all of this amazingness, they experience that Jesus, in fact, was on the road with them. He has broken the bread. He has opened their eyes. Now they have seen him. And they're just like, woohoo, he's alive. And then he disappears from their sight. And they are so excited. They go back to Jerusalem, another seven miles back from where they came from, to go and tell everybody else what they had experienced. They're like, hey, this is true. Jesus has shown up. But we don't have any proof that he was there. I mean, he showed up to Simon, he showed up to this, you know, a few other people, but we don't have any proof that this happened, right? Maybe the story with Mary and uh, that it happened earlier in the tomb that morning, and they're like, hey, these these stories are starting to come together now. This is making more sense, right? But how do we go about explaining something that is unexplainable, As a kid, I loved watching shows on paranormal activity. I loved watching shows about UFOs, you know, Bigfoot hauntings. And I used to go love listening to uh, ghost stories, you know, at the campfire and things. I would just always get intrigued about the supernatural. In fact, I was convinced that, you know, my house that I was growing up in was uh, haunted as well. You know, things like the Bermuda Triangle and things, but we don't hear anything about the Bermuda Triangle. Be honest, right? When's the last time you heard of any mystery or disappearance happening about the Bermuda Triangle, right? We don't hear anything about that anymore. But... So as I would get scared sometimes as a child because, you know, supernatural things they kind of frighten us a little bit And my dad or mom would come in and say, Jeremy, you know there, There's just there's no such thing as ghosts. You don't need to worry. Don't don't worry about these things And i'd be like, okay, well i'm still scared So that didn't really help but I, I understand what you're trying, trying to do and everything and I appreciate that You know, but as I was getting older and, and still as a child though, I would keep watching these shows and then i would i would ask my parents questions about hey you know how do these things exist you know and all these things and my dad said look jeremy the more that you open yourself up to these things in the spiritual world the more susceptible you are to being affected by them and i thought okay well that's kind of creepy too i don't want to i don't want to open myself up to those kinds of things either but either ghosts exist they don't exist or the hauntings you know the spiritual and supernatural worlds they actually exist then and i'm just not supposed to expose myself to them so i'm like well which one is true you know this or that I say all of this, I say all of this because we are fascinated by the supernatural, are we not? We are fascinated by the things that are unexplainable, right? And we get a little freaked out, if we're being honest, right? We get freaked out when the supernatural happens to us. Have you ever been in an experience where something supernatural has happened and you can't explain What your experience has been if that's you Hey, how about in the comments section just say hey, that's me Uh, I've had these experiences before that have been unexplainable You don't have to go into a whole tirade about what those things were But just let us know. Hey, I can relate to that. Jeremy I get a little freaked out by the supernatural as well It's a little scary And it obviously scared the disciples So let's look a little bit further on. Let's look at verse 36. It says, While they, the disciples, were talking about this again. This is after they have gone back to Jerusalem. After Simon had got back to Jerusalem. He's hanging out with the eleven. They got together. Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Shalom. Peace be with you. They were startled, frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. I'd say gave them a bit of a scare. Anyone who just shows up out of the blue is going to freak you out just a little bit, right? But but how is it even possible that they thought they even saw a ghost to begin with? You know, and, and why didn't Simon pipe in and be like, guys, 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 don't be afraid. This is Jesus, right? I explained this already happened to me earlier today. You remember that whole story thing? Yeah, this is okay, right? This is Jesus. And Jesus didn't be like, hey, why are you guys all still in disbelief? As we find out later on in verse 38, Jesus says, hey, why are you guys still troubled in your disbelief? Oh, except for, except for you, Simon. I know that you believe now, because this is the second time this has happened to you today, right? Jesus says, why are you all still in disbelief? Now, there was two disciples— Named Simon. One of them was Simon the Zealot, and the other one was Simon Peter, whom we typically hear of in the New Testament. Simon the Zealot, we don't really hear much of a description about his life in the New Testament, but Simon Peter we hear a lot about. In fact, it's Simon Peter who denies Jesus three times before he's crucified. It's Simon Peter who. who recognizes and says, "No, you are the Messiah. He's the one that realizes that Jesus is the Messiah It's Simon Peter now who is who Christ has shown himself to uh, with breaking of the bread but Simon Peter he goes and he tells the other disciples exactly what has happened, and Peter, as I will refer to him now, apparently is doubting still, apparently. Peter is still a little bit skeptical of all these things. I mean, he's excited enough to tell everybody the description of what happened uh, seven miles away in Emmaus, and he heads all the way back to Jerusalem because he's so excited about what happens, but apparently he's still a little doubtful. In fact, we see that Thomas, later on, is the one that we call doubting Thomas— and he says, look, I'm not going to believe you guys until I actually put my hands and feel the piercings of Jesus' hands and his feet. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical, right? I'm not going to believe you until I actually touch Jesus' hands and feet. And so we look at verse 39. It says, look at my hands and feet. It, it is me. Touch, see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as, as you see that I have. And he said this, and he showed him his hands and his feet. And while they were still Not believing, because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, hey, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it, and he ate it in their presence. So then Simon Peter is still a little bit doubtful. Thomas is a little bit doubtful. They get in a conversation, I bet, and Simon's like, hey... Why are you so doubtful? They're doubting Thomas. And he's like, Why are you calling me doubt, doubt, doubting Thomas? They're doubting Simon Peter. He's like, No, I'm not doubting Simon Peter. You're doubting Thomas. And doubting Thomas is like, No, you're doubting Simon. And Simon's like, No, Simon says you're doubting Thomas. And so that's how they solved uh, the issue, right? Simon put him in his place. Now, I would be remiss if I did not point out one glaring observation, right? The disciples Only realize that it's Jesus And they have their eyes open Because Christ allows them To have that experience Look at verse 31 It says then their eyes were opened And they recognized him Later on in verse 45 It says then he opened their minds So that they could understand The scriptures Folks we can talk to people Till we're blue in the face About how amazing Jesus Christ is And what he's done in our life We can talk All day about all the facts and figures of Jesus, point, counterpoint. We can show people a pie graph, a chart. We can show people the historical records, the proof of the resurrection took place. Everything until we're blue in the face. And if the person's heart has not been softened by the Holy Spirit... You're going to be talking to like a brick wall. It won't matter how much stimulation you give them in, in, and how much you paint them a picture. It won't matter. Things are going to fly over their head if the supernatural power of Christ has not opened up their hearts to receiving it. Their hearts are going to be hardened. Yet it doesn't alleviate us the responsibility of sharing that good news of what Christ has done in our lives and how we can all have a new relationship with Christ because of the resurrection. Right, but it is the Holy Spirit's job to intervene and change that person's heart, not ours. I've shared the gospel with a lot of people who are just staring at me with a deep in the headlights look. They have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. They don't want to hear it. They're like, "Look, you know, that's what you believe, and that's great. Hey, for you, you know, but for me over here, and there's all this spiritual relativism, and and I'm like, you don't get it. Like, this really is actually true." Um, but they just, their heart is not open to it. And there's other people that I've encountered and had many conversations with, and it's like a light clicks on in their brain, and, and their eyes light up, and they, and they realize, wow, in fact, this is true. And you start looking at their lives, and their lives start becoming transformed because the Holy Spirit has changed their heart. So why should we get so excited about this particular story of these people on their way to Emmaus? Number one, because Jesus is amazing. And number two, it's because of the resurrection of Christ that we read about is that we can have now a resurrection of our life, right? We were once dead, but now we have experienced a new life, in Christ, and that we can look forward to the resurrection someday of our bodies. And so maybe a question you might be thinking of, and if you're not, I'll just throw it out there. Hey, when we die, do we go right to heaven? Or do we just kind of Hang out for a while or whatever And I will say there's a difference between Our spirits being with God immediately Versus our bodies being with God Immediately Why don't we look back at the gospel of Matthew Let's look at verse uh, Chapter 27 And go to verse 50 through 52 And see exactly uh, What happened when Christ died On the cross And when Jesus had Cried out again in a loud voice He gave up his spirit At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Wow! When exactly did that happen? Did that happen as soon as Jesus died on the cross? Well, let's find out in verse 53. They came out of the tombs And after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Talk about being freaked out, maybe, in the city, right? All these holy people coming back to life, all right? But let me tell you why this is so incredibly amazing, right? We have all these bodies that are coming uh, out of these tombs and going uh, throughout the, the city. Not all people, but Some of the holy people who are going into the city And yet Jesus shows up And we find out in, uh, I believe it's the Gospel of John Where um, Doubting Thomas, right? Is putting his hands in the scars of Jesus' hands And his feet and the the scar in his side And Jesus apparently doesn't have that new body yet We still see the scars of his body there But then the question we ask is, well, then are we going to get a new body once we get to heaven? Well, I'm going to answer that question in a very disappointing way, right? Spoiler alert. Here you go. Everything is going to work out regardless, right? We die. We're probably buried or we're cremated or whatever. Those remains in the body, right, are going to be wherever they are. But our souls are going to be with Christ. And yet there is going to be a bodily resurrection that will someday happen. And we know that's going to happen because of what we read about in Matthew chapter 27. The context of when Jesus walked on the earth, the custom was when a Jewish person died, they were placed in a tomb. They weren't buried like we think about today. They were placed in a tomb. And after about a year, after their flesh and their ligaments muscles and everything else um, deteriorated. They went in and collected just the bones, and they put them in a box, right, with the person's name on it. You know, here, here is so and so, right? And they collected and they just the bones, and they put them in a box and just labeled the person's name. And so we have archaeologists who have discovered thousands and thousands of these burial boxes with just the bones, and that was just the custom of the time of Jesus well when the tombs broke open when the tombs broke open right and you have all these you have these holy people that were coming out after jesus's resurrection that went out and visited the people we would say well i guess god must have constructed enough ligaments and muscles or whatever for them to to get out again right to move around and so Regardless of what happens to our bodies today when we're buried or cremated or whatever, I believe that God is supernatural enough and amazing enough to be able to work out that bodily resurrection, right? We are all going to have a bodily resurrection. But it's going to be new, you see, we can be with Christ in heaven within our spiritual realm, right? But maybe waiting on this newness to happen, and we know there's going to be a newness that's going to happen because of Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. It says, And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making everything New Everything I am making new. New heavens, new earth. There's not going to be any more death. There's not going to be any more crying. There's, everything is going to become perfected. Someday Christ is going to make everything new. And we are looking forward to that, to that second coming of Christ when the final uh, resurrection is going to happen of all those who have put their faith in Christ, all those bodies to be raised up to be made new. Are they going to be the same bodies? Probably not. They're going to be a new body, Right? We don't know exactly how this is going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. And that is why we have such a faith and hope in Christ and can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus this morning because we are looking forward to someday that happening again where the faithful and the holy, the righteous, those who have put their faith in Christ are going to be raised together again with God in heaven. We can celebrate this morning because we can trust that what the scripture says is true. We can trust God at his word. And we can know because of Christ's resurrection himself in a bodily form that this will take place. And that someday our souls, our bodies are going to be reunited. In heaven with God forever But we can still be present with God uh, When we die here On this earth but we will go on to live Forever and praising God Worshipping him forever and ever and we can be Super excited about that that Christ not Only changes our lives for eternity But Christ changes our life Today so that we can have a new Life and that is The best news that we can ever Hear let's pray real quick Jesus thanks for uh, giving us this words This morning and thank you for helping us our life, and we just uh, just praise you and glorify you this morning, and we don't know how all these things are going to work out, um, but we recognize that you are good, you are gracious, you are loving, and that you are supernatural, and you have the supernatural power to do anything, and so we trust you, we love you, and we can't wait to see what you're going to do during the second coming, and we just uh, wait in expectation, Jesus, amen.